it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mason in Ireland today. It's Andy Kamenetsky in Ireland. Mason on vacation this week. And uh, UCLA is playing right now in the Pac-12 basketball tournament. Greg, it's in Vegas, right? Yes, they're in Vegas. And they're up 69-61 with three minutes left. Yeah, but it has not been easy. It's never um, easy against Colorado. Colorado. This is the third time they're playing Colorado, and Colorado has been... They beat them co- once, right? Colorado they, beat them once? No, no, no. Col- they beat Colorado both times, but they've shot the best against... They've played the best games against UCLA, Colorado. Has. Okay, so uh, UCLA, who's 27-4 and four and on track to be a number one seed in March Madness. Um, it probably... Greg, do you agree that it probably depends on... They at least have to get to the conference final and maybe win it. To, to hang on to that number one seed? See, just because of the Jalen Clark injury where he's out for the entire year now, I don't think so. I think they were the best team in college basketball this year, and they should be the number one seed in the West no matter what. Even if uh, they lose this game? Even if if they lose this game, maybe they could move down, but they're, I don't think they will. I, I mean, it's now 69-65 with two and a half left. But no, I think that the way that if they make it, if they win one of these games, they're, they should be locked in West one seed. Yeah, they're my experience good. tells me that they have had a great season, but if you get bounced in the first round of your tournament, you're not getting a one seed. Yeah, but they've been the best team in basketball. Yeah, I know that. I'm not year. arguing that, but I'm just saying that they they. It's not only that you're a good team; it's that you're a hot team. Yeah, um, they've won ten is, in a row, right? Um, and so to lose this game, I think that would indicate that they can't play without Jalen Clark. So, all right. So here is the legal dilemma that I want you guys to help me decide. Um, Andy, do you know who Erica Herman is? No. Erica Herman has been in a dating relationship with Tiger Woods oh, for the past yes. five years, okay. yeah. going on six years. Right. They broke up, okay? Now, when they first started dating, Tiger, obviously, anything Tiger-related you can monetize. Stories about Tiger, books about Tiger, pictures of Tiger. So he has anybody he dates sign a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA saying, Look, no matter what happens in this relationship and no matter how long we're dating, um, you cannot disclose publicly what happens between us. Okay? That Tiger said, I have to protect my brand, my image, my likeness. I understand that. He's been through hell and back. Um, She, Erica Herman, said, sure, I'll sign it. Now, according to a report from TMZ, she has filed suit and is now seeking to have the NDA tossed out regarding their relationship. According to the report, she signed it in 2017, around the time they started dating, and she believes it's unenforceable under the Federal Speak Out Act. The Federal Speak Out Act is a law that prohibits the judicial enforceability of an NDA agreed to before a dispute arises involving sexual assault or sexual harassment in violation of federal, tribal, or state law. This has been something that came up around the Me Too movement. Right. That uh, Harvey Weinstein forces himself on a girl. She ends up working at the company. They pay her and make her sign an NDA saying that she cannot. It's basically signing away your rights to claim criminality. Correct. And the, the law, the federal speak out law, 
suggests that if something happened, if there was some type of um, criminal act or if there is some type of abuse in the relationship, that you are free to talk about it according based on the federal speak out law. Right. Um, tiger side arguing, no, she's not. She can't speak out about anything um, because we have a signed NDA. Um, Greg, I'll start with you. Let's say you, Jorge, and Andy are a three-person jury. I know I haven't given you all the facts, but I think I've given you enough. Um, 2017, she signed a non-disclosure agreement agreeing not to publicly discuss or write or go on shows and talk about her relationship with Tiger. Now, she says, due to the federal speak-out law, uh, we're no longer dating. I should be able to talk about what went on. Uh, Greg, who would you side with? See, I would I would side with Tiger in this. I you signed this NDA willingly and knowingly before anything before everything started happening while you were dating before you started dating. You knew what you were getting yourself into, and you signed it. At that point, it shouldn't matter. You shouldn't be able to get yourself out of it later on because you want to make a few bucks on a book or something like that. I just I don't like that that it was. It's not like a Harvey Weinstein thing where you're signing an well, NDA. No, but her after. lawyer, her lawyers, there are indications that that is why she wants to that break. she feels abused in this relationship and wants like, to wants it out there. there. If nothing else, it's being there is a report I'm reading out from ESPN. Okay, I, see, I didn't know this part. Yeah, in a civil in a uh, civil cover sheet to the court, Herman's attorney Benjamin Hodas indicated the case involved allegations of sexual abuse, although those allegations might not involve Woods directly. Okay, Andy, well, based on- there, all right, it changes everything. Wait a minute, though. Based, Andy, on what we know, including what you just read, if you had to side with either Erica Herman or Tiger, who do you side with? Her. Why? Because these are potentially serious allegations, and I don't believe in the idea that once you sign some type of NDA from a position of disadvantage, certainly less power than somebody like Tiger Woods, fewer resources than somebody like Tiger Woods, you should be able to- or you should have all of your ability to get recourse in the face of criminality. All right, Jorge, you're going to decide it. We got one vote for her. We got one vote for him. Which way are you leaning? Well, I'm changing based on Andy's. I'm on his side. Well, wait a minute, though. Hold on. Because I'm, Greg, I'm on your original side, I think. Yeah, I'm with but, Tiger on this one, too. Yeah. She didn't know about so guys, this We're new split, law. then. Yeah. Okay. Split. Because here's, Once I found out there's possible sexual allegations. Well, wait a minute, though. So, so here's what I would say, if, if that's how you feel. Yes. I think the NDA is in place, and if there is any abuse or criminality, that needs to be char- she needs to present it. But and, you can't do that without breaking the NDA. Well, right. but she can present it to us. We're the court. No, no, we're deciding. Sa- no, John, they're saying that you can't. But wait, we're deciding. We but, have we have the two of them in a court. I understand. This but is you, not public. But you can't. But you can't have this both ways. You can't say that it's unenforceable. But we're the people that decide it. But they're trying to. She's trying to get out of the NDA, so she right. has to present something to us to indicate that she deserves right. it. Right. And you're and, you simply you and now Greg's with you. Simply yeah. you two guys saying um, there may have been some type right, but, of abuse. But if you I need to. I I, I need. I need proof. But, but right, but by your logic, she wouldn't be able to present the proof because she, she can't. She break could the do NDA. a judge. She could do a judge. The NDA. But you're sort of arguing both sides. No, of this, I'm not. John. Yeah, you are. Wait a minute. We're in court. She's trying to get out of the NDA. Right. Okay, I'm saying she you should represent be able to present. Okay, okay. She should be able to present the I'm evidence. The ju- I'm the judge. She should be able to okay. present the evidence. I, I agree. Present it. That's part of breaking the NDA. But but hold on. In a court of law, I'm trying to determine whether the NDA is enforceable. This is a closed courtroom. You can't, if you have reason to believe that you were abused, 
or that a criminal act has occurred, what are your accusations? If well, I find I, them, on, John, I'm not going to play out a string of. But if I find them credible, Andy, I will I will support you. Okay, but, but you got to tell me what they are. But uh, John, I'm not look. I'm not going to play this thing out where I'm making up potential allegations. I'm, like, not, I'm not asking you to. But what I'm saying is, until you do, until you you present to a to to some type of an authoritative figure, in this case, it'll be a judge that. The, the reason I went out of the NDA well, is she's, because criminality right, has occurred. You're, you're asking her to do what she is doing. You're actually asking her to do that. She's putting this in front of a but judge. But didn't you just read that he may or may not have been involved? I need to know if he was involved. But that the only way you can find out is if she says these allegations. Right, which in a court she could, but she couldn't publicly. That's what right, an but, NDA but she, is. I know, but she's looking to have the NDA. So she can profit off it. No, not profit necessarily. I mean, what if, what, what else? What other reason would there be to release her out of the NDA? She, if she wants to tell her because story, what, because she's what, trying to monetize it. Why? 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 Else, what well, if she, okay, let's just say there were serious allegations Involving either Tiger or involving Tiger tangentially in some way that he could be culpable. Okay. That's not automatically monetary. Like, that's a big leap on your part, that it's automatically a monetary thing. But why else would she want out of the NDA? Because she just, wants somebody so, held responsible. Okay. So if that's her case, then she needs she needs to charge him with something. She needs to you file You can't a, do that without breaking the NDA, wait, wait a though. Minute. That's not true. If I assault you, even if there's an NDA between the two of us, we're working together. I I'm, I have signed an NDA that you that you presented to me when I started working. You said, "Hey, this is a private company. I tend to uh, discuss private things that could hurt me in public. I need to protect my name, image, and likeness. Um, so I need you to sign right. an NDA." And I say, "Okay," and I sign it. Then, then you do something abusive or criminal. Sure. That does not the NDA does not, and I think this is what you're suggesting. Maybe not, but the NDA does not prohibit me from charging you or accusing you of a crime. It, yes, actually, that's that is often what ends up happening when these NDAs get fought over. That, that you can't come out and actually make these accusations publicly because they're part of an NDA. That's that's why these things get fought all the time in court. How do we think this ends? What do we? How do we think? I mean, it's in court now, right? She's she's lawyered up. He's lawyered it's up. Been, right? Well, it's been a civil complaint filed. Yeah. Well, see, that's see, that's what I'm saying. If there's been a civil complaint filed, a judge will look at that civil complaint and determine if it's credible. And if, and Greg, I think this is where you're at. If it's credible, then I'm with her. Correct. If it's not credible, if if it doesn't rise to the level of, um, well, Tiger did anything that could be construed as abusive or criminal, then I think the NDA stays in well, place. Well, sure, that's fine. But the, the only way you can figure this out one way or another is to let some of the information that otherwise would be held behind an NDA to come out. Which I think can in a courtroom. Sure. I think that's where you and I are disagreeing. I think that in a courtroom, we can put all the cards on the table and then the close well, in a closed session, right. the judge says... All right, the NDA is revoked. Right, but that's, or the that's NDA that is what we're talking is, about. We're right. putting this in front of a judge. She's not looking to speak out before this has been ruled upon. She's looking to get it ruled upon right. so she can speak out. Right. I agree. So if if I'll be anxious to see how this ends, because if she's accusing Tiger Woods of something criminal or abusive, that becomes a huge story. Right. Exactly. Because Tiger Tiger's always, you know, when, when he got divorced. He was accused of being a cat, cheating on his wife. Yeah. But she never accused him of doing anything abusive. As a matter of fact, she, I think, took a golf club and like slammed it into his windshield because she was so mad at him. Yeah, I mean, the details of this, because again, from this report, it's not sure that the allegations 
involve Woods directly. They may, they may not. It's it's written in here that it might not. You never wonder, know. Okay, so that's interesting. It may or may not involve Woods. So let's take both sides of it. If it if it does involve him, I want to hear her side of the story so I can rule. If it doesn't involve him, how is it relative? It would depend on why it doesn't. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, by the way, UCLA wins. 80 to 69 is the final score. They pulled away at the end. They'll play the winner of Washington State and Oregon tomorrow at 6. Washington State and Oregon have both had some pretty good upset wins this year. But tomorrow yeah. night, 6 o'clock. Is that more dumb Pac-12 network, Greg? Yes, it's tomorrow. on Pac-12 network tomorrow, which is the stupidest channel in the history the of The final is on ESPN. And as a matter of fact, the, one of the semifinals is on ESPN, but it's not the side of the bracket that UCLA is on. Um, there's an, Why would you want the number two team in the country on? Yeah, that seems weird. Weird. But uh, so UCLA wins, they move on. Greg, you think one win right there is enough to hold on to their one seed? They I, should be a one seed. Yeah, yep. I think that they, they need to win at least one more and maybe two, depending on what the other That's guys what do. what Joe Lunardi says, but he's a dummy. Uh, well, Mick, Mick Cronin doesn't even know who Joe Lenardi is. Exactly. By the way, Who's do you that? think he knows? Any- yes, he one hundred percent knows who he is. He basically said they said somebody asked Cronin, a reporter asked Cronin, "Hey, Joe Lenardi thinks you need to win the Pac-12 tournament to hang on to your seed." And Cronin's response was, "Well, I'm not sure who that is, so I'm not going to worry about oh, it." He knows who Joe Lenardi. That's like remember years ago in the 2006. Uh, playoffs between Kobe and Raja Bell when Kobe was saying, "Do I know this kid, you know, Raja Bell? I don't know this kid." Not only did Kobe know who Raja Bell was, Raja Bell had played against him in the 2001 finals when he was with the Sixers. Kobe knew exactly who Raja Bell was. It's mind games. It's I, dismissiveness. Uh, so you know, did I ever tell you a story that I was, I used to do what Trudell does. I was in the locker yeah. room before and after games all the time. And so we're heading to Madison Square Garden during Linsanity. Mm-hmm. And we say, somebody says to Kobe, hey, next up, Jeremy Lin in the garden. Um, Nobody's been able to stop him. You guys think you can do it? And Kobe goes, guys, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and I've, I've always wondered if he knew and he was playing mind hmm, games. And by the way, then Lynn came out and lit the Lakers up. 38 that's, points. How Okay. I would need to know how far into Lynn's sanity <laughs> it was about It was about four games in. He had to have known. Yeah. He, he was too smart. Co- right? And also, Kobe did so much film work, so much prep. Right. But the best part of, by the way, Kobe referring to Raja Bell as this kid, Raja Bell was like three years older than Kobe. <laughs> it was just, I mean, just chef's kiss, pettiness, dismissiveness. It was awesome. Right. We um we live in a world where um, load management gets discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of guys went out and got hurt last night. Um, should this guy be playing? Is he, you know, is he soft? Blah, blah, blah. I heard a player give the best answer about fatigue and mm-hmm. tiredness and load management that I think I've ever heard, and I'll play it for you next. Mason in Ireland, Andy in for Mace, ESPN LA. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, Mason in Ireland. Uh, Andy Kamenetsky's in for Mace. And the most debated thing in the NBA these days is load management. Uh, should the league... By the way, Andy, if you were the commissioner, if you were Adam Silver, would you do anything about load management? I don't know what you can do. I really so is that don't. a no? I would love to see this alleviated, you know, try to find a happy medium. I just don't know what you can do. Well, one thing you could do is get rid of the back-to-backs. I think that's that's a, a step forward for everybody. I mean, last night, three, made, three All-Stars went down all on yeah. the same night. Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, Brandon Ingram all got hurt on the same night. Um I think if you eliminate the back-to-backs, which no one likes, then you and you would maybe have to start the season a couple of weeks yeah. earlier. You would take a step in the right direction. But to your point, I don't know if that ends load man. I just don't know if it's enforceable. Like right. if teams say that a player is dealing with an injury, I don't know if the league is going to start calling players liars. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. So anyway, the Knicks have been the hottest team in the NBA. Yeah. They had won nine games in a row until two nights ago they lost to Charlotte. And so Josh Hart, who used to play for the Lakers. Love Josh. Um, did Yeah, I'll get to Anita in a minute. I just want to get this in. Um, Josh Hart, who used to play for the Lakers, said this. When somebody asked him, was it fatigue? And this is what Josh Hart said. It's, it's a reality, but the reality also is um, our jobs – is to play basketball and our job is, and it's you got people getting up at 6 a.m doing 12-hour shifts those guys are tired you know for us you know, we're playing a game and obviously we're fortunate enough to play a game like this but we have to um keep that in perspective i mean we got to go out and compete and play a game that we love to do and compete at the highest level so I thought that was interesting. He said there are people that get up at 6 o'clock in the morning working 12-hour shift. Those people are tired. We're playing a game. And it leads me to Anita Marks, who joins us each and every week on this She's show. She's never tired. Well, but Anita, <laughs> here, here's what I was curious about. So Anita hosts Bet LA and, uh, and, and helps us like with gambling and where, who to bet on. And she looks at trends and all that good stuff. Anita, is that one of the things that you pay attention to is – team on the second night of a back-to-back or in football if a team plays on monday night and then has to turn around and fly across country and play on a saturday are these things gamblers pay any attention to absolutely and i was just hearing you say should the nba do away with uh with back-to-backs no gamblers are saying no don't go tell me what tell me why is that something Uh, you can monetize because absolutely because of fatigue you know especially you've got a team that plays late at night Right. And then they have to turn around like they let's say they've got like a 830 or 10 o'clock tip off and right. then they have to board a flight. They're on the road. They have to go. And then the next day they've got a seven, seven thirty tip off. 
and you know, so a, you know, let's say it's it's the second of a back to back, and oh by the way, they're going up against a really good perimeter defense team, and you know that their legs aren't going to be fresh. Oh boy, yeah, that's an advantage right there. Anita, so yeah, yeah, we we use the back to back big time in handicapping. Anita, we talk a lot about how you know the star players often being unavailable in the NBA over the last couple of years has potentially affected fan interest in the game. Have you seen different ways where the stars being in and out, like trends they've created with gambling? Absolutely. Um, like So, for example, you guys are talking about the Knicks. As we know, they're taking on the Kings tonight. Uh, it's a late yeah, they'll game. Yeah, Anita, they'll be here Sunday to play the Lakers Sunday night nationally televised ESPN game. I can't listen. I, I I'm not just saying this because I'm I'm in New York. Um, you know, I'm I'm very I'm very transparent. I'm very honest with my take. I, I love this Knicks team, but here's the thing. Not sure if Brunson's going to play tonight. With quickly starting at the point along with Josh Hart, this team is shooting actually better, 54 percent from the field. With quickly starting at at, at the yeah, he's one. been great. Oh, so so yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, you you look at those numbers in regards to who's in, who's out. This player is out. This player, you know, is it, it gets more assists per game when this player is out. This player gets more minutes per game when this player is out. So yeah, and 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 those trends and those statistics are out there for the taking. Um, Anita Marks joining us. Anita, let me talk to you about the NCAA tournament. We were looking at all mm-hmm. the conference tournaments right now. Um, is when you bet the tournament. Do you bet the games, you may do all these things, but just tell me what, what the smart play is if I was wanted to bet the NCAA tournament. Do you bet individual games? Do you bet a team at the start of the tournament to win and, and you look for a team that might give you good odds? Um, do you look for a team that got a good seed? Tell me how you would advise people to bet the NCAA tournament because a lot of people are getting in their cars, getting on planes, and going to Vegas and Atlantic City this weekend for the or uh, next weekend for the first weekend of the tournament. That's a bucket list, isn't it? To yeah. be in Vegas on that Thursday, Friday. Uh, really it's a, fun. It's a bucket list. I, yeah, really I haven't fun. checked off yet, but but trust me, I will. Um, so a few things um, that I look at. Number one, um, I look at strength of conference, right? You want to look and you want to see the conferences that are sending the most teams because obviously they send the most teams. They've got the most talent in that conference. Um, and so that's first and foremost. You want to weigh heavier those teams that play in, in, in better competition and in, in, against better competition in those conferences. Number two, I look at, at region, right? Um, a team that doesn't have to travel very far. A team whose fan base doesn't have to travel very far. Um, I look at that. Also, I look at teams that are peaking at the right time. Um, UCLA being one of them, right? I like UCLA a lot. I'm sure, Greg, that's music to, to, to Greg's ears. Uh, and now, of course, now they become one of the four uh, ones there. Do you and think, Anita, do you think, uh, Greg and I were just arguing about this. They won, They just won their first tournament game. Do they need, in your opinion, do they need to win the tournament to keep the number one seed? No, I think they keep the number one seed, but I'll tell you what, I'm worried about Clark's injury. Um, yeah. You know, th- this, is, this is a UCLA Best team. defensive already... player maybe in the country. Yep, and, and defense wins championships, uh, especially in the, uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, I've already gone to the window with UCLA to make it to the Final Four, uh, and you could get that at 10-1, to 1, by the way. Uh, here's, here's one for you, uh, and, and no one's talking about this. I love Iona, man. Rick Pitino? I think people forget that Rick Pitino is still a head coach. You love Iona to win a couple games or to make like a really deep run? I think I think Iona's going to make a really deep run. I Whoa. think they I think Iona can get into the Sweet 16. And right now and and this is a really interesting way to play it, right? You can bet Iona to win the tournament at at 500 to 1. 
You could you could bet Iona to get into the into the final four at one hundred to one. So you know what? Lay that. Put twenty dollars on that. Right yeah. Now. Why not? And then as the tournament starts, hedge your bet. Hedge hedge your bet for twenty twenty five dollars in regard to the spread and their opponent. You're you're going to win one way or another, right? You're going to win money one way yeah, or another. You just remind me of something. Hey Jorge, he walked out of the room. All you? right, no worries. Ten grand on UCLA to make it to the Final Four. I get ten to one on that, Anita. Ten to one right now. Ten to one right now, Greg. I want ten grand in mythical money on UCLA to make it to the Final <laughs> Four. Hey Anita, how much do you get for them winning the whole thing? What are the odds there? For UCLA to win the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, I could pull those up for you. Okay. I, I don't While have you're that talking. Inf- all right, all right. Yep. So, um, uh, yeah, because I would love to see that. I don't know if they can do it without Clark, but I would love to see I, it. Exactly. I, I think the I think the Clark is is really a, a big miss. UCLA to win. The, I'm sorry. UCLA to win the whole thing is uh, is ten to one. Sorry, my bad. Okay, UCLA so, to make so, it to the final four is plus two twenty five. So there what is go. what does that mean if it's plus two twenty five and I bet ten grand on them? So for every one hundred dollars that you put on UCLA to yeah. make it to the final four, you get in return $225. So it's like two to one. You'd win, 20, you'd win okay. 22 and a half grand, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 22.5. Yeah, yeah 22.5. Um, all right, Anita, what is happening? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the NFL, and that's mm-hmm. that's your bread and butter. That's where you make all your mm-hmm. money. Um, and I, I counted six teams today that don't have a quarterback or at least don't know what they're doing at quarterback. So I have both the Packers and the Jets in there. We hear a story today we're going to talk about coming up that Matthew Stafford might get traded. I, who knows? But what do those do to future bets? Like, can you bet on any NFL team right are now? Are teams off the board? Or are their teams off the board? That's where I was going to. What, how, do, how, is, how are sportsbooks handling the fact that six teams now don't know who their quarterback's going to be? Right. Uh, so right now you could bet a team to you could bet a team to represent the uh, the AFC or the NFC, and you could bet a team to win the Super Bowl. So I, last I checked, which was last night because I hosted the show, they were all on the board. A few teams that I think are really interesting right now, and that's the Jets. The Jets put all their eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket, right? The owner, general manager, head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator, jumped on a jet, no pun intended, flew out west (laughs) in Malibu, met with Aaron Rodgers, uh, meet and greet, had a bottle of wine, who knows what, maybe a cup of coffee, I'd rather a bottle of wine. Maybe some ayahuasca. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Um, And so, you know, there's, right now, you know, the Jets' second favorite right now behind the Buffalo Bills to win the NFC, the AFC East. They've got a top five defense. If you... uh, I've already I've put money down on the Jets to win the AFC East. If the Jets acquire Aaron Rodgers, the talent that they have around him, um, that that's a Jets team, especially with that top five defense, is going to make a good run against the Bills in the AFC East. So, for example, uh, the Giants working out the deal that they did with Daniel Jones, and I do believe they work out a deal with Saquon Barkley, saving money. They're going to go out and they're going to get some pieces to help Daniel Jones on the offensive side of the ball. I like the Giants to make a run. I think we're going to see some regression with the Eagles. They're going to lose some players, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I put some money on the on the Giants to win the NF the, the NFC East. So, and I think it's really interesting to sit back and see how this all plays out with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I do believe Lamar Jackson ends up staying in Baltimore. Are they the still Ravens, on the board, Anita? If I if I wanted to go bet the Ravens yes. right now, could I do it? 
You could, and uh, and they have the second best odds to win the AFC North. Cincinnati has the best odds, and I'm all over Cincinnati. Yeah, I love good. the Cincinnati Bengals team heading into next season. They're good. Yeah, that that is for sure. Yep. Um, all right, well, we're out of time, but Anita, thank you for doing this as always. Um, I hope you uh, you're finding ways to make money, even though the NFL season's over. If I know you, I'm pretty sure you are. Uh, Knicks Kings tonight. I like the over at two thirty nine and a half. I think this is going to be fast, furious, fun, and high scoring. I can't wait for this game tonight. Now, when's the last time somebody said they can't wait for a Sacramento Kings New York for, Knicks a, a game? Kings it's in a been Knicks a minute. game. Well, I know. We were just talking. back, baby. We were just talking, John. This has been the strangest NBA season in a long time. You know what? She's right. I'm yeah. watching that game for Sounds sure. Fun. All right, Anita. Have a great weekend. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank Take you. care. Have a great night. All right, night. there's Anita Marks. <laughs> The Jets and, or I mean, the uh, the Kings. You know what, though? She's right. That is a fun game. It's a really fun game. That is a fun game. All right, coming up next, you heard me talk about Matthew Stafford. Is there a possibility that he won't be the quarterback of the Rams next year? At least one pretty in-the-know NFL guy thinks so. We'll get into that next. And uh, what up, foo? Coming up right after that on ESPN LA. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, Mason and I are letting Andy Kamenetsky in for Mace. And uh, Greg's got some breaking news. I what do, do we have got, some Greg? breaking news. This is very much in line with what's been happening this whole week. Steve Mason is not... <laughs> really on Zero Dark Mason? <laughs> the most predictable thing. Hey, by the way, didn't, didn't I bet mythical money on that? No, that I he wouldn't go zero. I wouldn't go dark. I don't have it You've down. bet it before. Yeah, I thought I did. Right, what, you would have. You would have made a lot yeah, of money off. What's of that. the news? No, he's just basically texting me right now. Yeah. <laughs> out of nowhere, John's out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Who's filling in? Aren't you? Suppo- yeah. I said, aren't you supposed to be on Zero Dark Mason? He said it ended Ooh. last night. So oh, yeah. Wednesday night. But wait, he wasn't. <laughs> but yesterday he texted Ramona, and <laughs> right. the day before that he texted Sedano. <laughs> right. So it it's like. It's more like like zero dimmed, Mason. It's not dark. It's more dim. Slightly less. Yes. He's on a dimmer switch. Uh, oh, I just got a text from Anita. I forgot to mention you can wager on the Oscars Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once is the favorite. The Fablemans, 30 to 1. So if you think the Fablemans are going to win, you could... Uh, you be, know what? I'll bet a thousand dollars on the Fablemans. I'll take I'll take that flyer and I'd see if I can get thirty k. I'd be shocked. All right, put me put that down, Bergman. Thirty to one. Yeah, to one. according to Anita. Um, okay, so Andy, sure, I think she's always wrong. We've <laughs> 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 bet no, again. No, she's not. She's great. Um, 
So we're, it's not her wheelhouse, to be fair. The Oscars are not her wheelhouse. The, um, the Rams had very much took a step back this year after winning the Super Bowl a year ago. But when they won the Super Bowl, we all assumed, okay, the Matthew Stafford trade, huge success. Wins the Super Bowl in yeah. his first year. We've got him for three more years after that. Um, we're set at quarterback. Not so fast. Uh, Mike Lombardi who worked in the NFL for a lot of years, then he went to work for Grantland and The Ringer, and now he goes on every week with Pat McAfee, was on with McAfee today. And he says, not only are the Rams trying to trade Matthew Stafford, but they would do it in a heartbeat if they could find any takers. He's not sure that they can. Here's Lombardi. He's got $57 million coming to him no matter what. The Rams, what are they going to do? They're trying to get out from it. So I don't really want to hear the bullshit that, oh, we're not trying to trade them. Yes, you are. You've called teams. I know this. Like, I know this. Like, okay? And so, like, I don't really care what they say. Like, they all lie about it. I lied about it. All right. So they're trying to trade Stafford, according to Mike Lombardi. Um, I actually wouldn't have a problem with it. He did what you brought him here to do, Andy. And if he's got $57 million guaranteed coming up and the Rams are trying to restock their roster, this is why they're shopping Jalen Ramsey too, he got you a Super Bowl. He's, what, 36, 37 years he's old? 35. Uh, Might be turning 36 during the season, but he's yeah. currently 35. No, I he just turned 35. I would have zero issue if they were able to move him. How about you? No. Sometimes things run their course. You know what I mean? Or like, you get what you you made the trade to get right. a Super Bowl, and he got you the Super Bowl. It, it's like when LeBron went back to Cleveland, and he was in Miami, goes to Cleveland, gets him a title. Yeah. When he left to come to the Lakers, the people in Cleveland weren't mad. No. Because he did what he came well, look, to do. Things can run their course for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes, like you mentioned with LeBron in Cleveland, it's because he came for a specific reason kind of wanted to write certain things that didn't go the way he wanted to the first time in Cleveland. You know, he left that city with a bad taste in their mouths, got them a championship. He can now move on free and clear. You know, there have been concerns at times that with LeBron and AD with the Lakers, that that thing really ran its course in 2020. And like, that was the best it's going to be. And you have to wonder, like, is it ever going to get as good as 2020 again. By the way, you obviously, you for people who don't know, Andy and his brother Brian host the Locked on Lakers podcast. It's available, available wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, anywhere. Um, there's also, John, a YouTube element. Hey, okay. aren't you the guy who does the Lakers dance party hoedown on your phone? Indeed. Yeah. That, thank you, Ethan. That's Brian's son. Um, so I'll just ask you. I think, and, and my buddy Colin Cowherd's been suggesting this all week. I think the idea of trading Anthony Davis is asinine. He's unguardable. If he's if he's healthy, well, he said, "What do where do you come down on that? On that argument you just made that some people think the best has already happened and it's never going to get that good again. Would you trade AD?" I would listen to offers. I wouldn't necessarily be aggressively looking to trade him, but I wouldn't necessarily be aggressively looking to keep him either. Because the truth is, look, as great as Anthony Davis can be, if he can't stay on the court, combined with LeBron, who will be entering his 21st season, and we know he has health issues himself, sure. if you're going to be riding this thing with LeBron, 
till the wheels fall off, and that seems to be what the Lakers are going to be looking to do. It becomes even more important that his next star in line is available and you know that he can carry more of that weight, and we have not seen AD be able to consistently do that since the championship season. I know he's great. I'm not questioning AD's talent. Your, your question is availability, yeah, which, and I, he, which a lot of people do. Right, and that's sort of what I'm talking about, though, with sometimes things run their course. And with the Rams and Matt Stafford, which was where we originally began on this, they brought him in. You know, his career began in 2009. It's a long time ago. Sure. They brought him in. This was a win-now move. They won immediately. They may recognize it's not going to get any better than this, especially with Stafford's own health concerns and some of the concerns they've had around the roster, they may be recognized. Like Jordan Rodriguez was on with us a couple weeks ago, covers the Rams for the Athletics. She's awesome. She said that nobody on this roster... And when she said it, I said, wait a minute, even the big four, like Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Jalen Ramsey, and she goes, nobody, nobody is, is safe. The signs have been there for at least a month, maybe longer, that the Rams are considering taking a step back. Maybe not like a full-on teardown, but a step back. It's been pretty obvious if you're paying attention. That's at least on the table. Yeah. Uh, Bergman, you wouldn't trade Anthony Davis, would you? So, I th- I'm Ma- By the way, Mason would. Mason's with Andy. It is It is very much the availability. Andy has it right. You listen, and if the, and if the package is good enough, then yes. But otherwise, no. And I don't think you're going to get a package that's anywhere clear. Good enough. Yeah, because the other teams know that. They know what you know. Right. Yes. Um, and I, I just think AD, when he's right, is an unguardable player who's who's elite defensively. And when you get one of those guys, you just hang on to him. You I mean, look, let may, him go. maybe things line up right. And, you know, if you can manage to line up the games that they're going to miss and that they're going to play that just breaks the right way, yeah, the, those two together, LeBron and AD, are still great. Right. Like, they, they're perfectly matched. In terms of skill set, they seem to have a great relationship, like all that stuff. But just LeBron ain't getting any younger, so you need to make sure he has help on hand. It's another reason why I think they should look to roll back this roster. Meaning? I would look, you know, you've got the ability to re-sign D'Angelo Russell. You have a team option on Malik Beasley. Um, you have a team option on Mo Bamba. So you're suggesting bring all these guys back? Yeah. yeah. A, I think it's a good roster. B, I do too. you actually have tradable contracts. You have flexibility you know, well, you Jared Vanderbilt might be out. the best contract in the NBA right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think they would be foolish to clear the decks looking for a third star. I think that would be an awful, awful decision. Doesn't it matter who the third star is? I mean... Like, remember, far- what was it, three, four years ago, um, it looked like Kawhi was coming here. If you could get Kawhi... I mean, I mean but he ask, might the, up ask going, how the Clippers... Ask how the Clippers on. Uh Well, they're, <laughs> the Clippers... Are, are, I mean, I think they're a championship contender, don't you? If everybody stays healthy, ask them how that's gone, though. Well, they would say it's gone fine. They, I mean, they, Kawhi's had a winning record since he's been here. They made the playoffs every year. but Ka- he, No, they've had a winning record without Kawhi. Kawhi's barely been available. Yeah, but Andy, you have... Toilets! Come on. You have <laughs> oh, three no. times. The, in you, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, like, there'll, I be, mean, there'll be nobody better place in L.A. It. to relieve yourself than that building. Yeah, and, and you can quickly get back to your seat. Absolutely. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. Yesterday, the, everybody around uh, Lakerland was talking about how great the Pau Gasol thing was, and everybody in Clipperland was talking about Toilets! It. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right, coming up. What's up, foo? We'll get it to it next. Bergman and Jorge will get in here and throw a bunch of stuff at us, ESPN L.A. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks, Chris. All right, so I just sent you a picture. It's in the group chat with all of us in there. And it's a picture of Dennis Dodd's view while he's covering a game for the Big 12 Conference. And Seth Davis, who is also who works for CBS and The Athletic, has said this is really unfortunate from the Big 12 Conference. Working press needs to be closer to the court. Now, all of these press people, including Dennis Dodd, who works for CBS, uh, is not is not is not being paid or is being paid to work there. They're getting in for free. They're being able to see the game. They're getting free food, going into the media room, doing everything that they need to do. Do you have a problem with Dennis Dodd reporting from this high of an angle? I'm glad you brought this up because this gets debated a lot and it has changed over the years. And Andy will back me up on this. Um when you and I started doing this 25 years ago, we were all right down next yep. to the court. And yep. now, depending on how many people are there, we're up high. And in some of the arenas, Michael and I are up very, very high. Um, I I sympathize with what these guys are arguing, but here's the rub, Greg. Those seats that they give media that are right next to the court, you can sell for 500 bucks a piece. They're running a business. Um, as much as I, as a member of the media, would love to sit courtside everywhere I go, here's the truth. Michael and I work in, well, Staples Center is one, so we work in 29 different arenas. When I started this job, I was courtside in 25 of them. Right now, five. The overwhelming majority of the time, we are up where this these guys are, where the pictures are that you sent me to call these games, which doesn't make my job easy, but I never talk about where I'm sitting. I never talk about what it is because I'm thankful to be there and I'm thankful to have a job and I see the other side. If I'm running a team, if I'm a team president and I can sell you three schmucks, $1,500 worth of seats and move the freebie guys upstairs, I can see why I would do that. What do you think, Andy? You know what? I, I'm not just saying this because you know we're the flagship station for the Lakers, and I'm sure they have something to do with the the layout of it. Yeah, I think where we are sat for radio yeah. is perfect. Where for people who've never seen us at a game, we're basically about center court, middle up, about twenty rows up. Yeah, yeah. and it's just close enough that you can see everything. You can sometimes hear things from the court, but you're high enough that you can actually see more things. As it happens, like, you know, I, I've heard often, you know, like if Billy Mack and Stu happen to be seated courtside for certain games, yeah, they will occasionally have their view blocked by a, an official or a right. coach. Like yeah. sometimes you for our job, as cool as it can be to be up close, you can actually it doesn't do it doesn't help you do your job as well as you possibly can if you're that close. What do you think, Bergman? 
So I don't think there's any problem with it. You can see, wherever you're in the building, you can see what's happening. You can see, you and you have full access top. to the locker rooms before yes, and after the game. Go, you get to go talk to all the players and the coaches, and you can hear from them after the game, and you can watch it from above. And when you're above, you can actually see the entire floor. Right. So, so when you know we were talking, I have er- no issue with we this. Were, we were talking earlier about uh, that Jeremy Lin insanity game against mm-hmm. Kobe, where he scored 38 points. The year he did that, he they were remodeling Madison Square Garden. I didn't talk about it during the broadcast because it was such an electric night. Michael and I were basically on the roof. We, <laughs> we, we were, I could touch the roof with my wow. right hand. We were in the last row of the last section up top. I couldn't see the court because, they were again, they were in a remodel. So I called the whole game off a of black and white TV. See, that – okay, that's too high for your job. Right. Like, if, like Dennis – you know, I, I know Dennis Dodd's coverage in that. He's very good at what he does. But for what he does, which is basically covering the game – after the fact, you're observing and that you're covering it after the fact. He may prefer to be lower. You don't have to be lower. For what you and Michael do, there is only so far you can go before it actually becomes a problem to do your job. Tell that to Mark Cuban, who wants to move everybody basically out to the street. Don't don't get me started <laughs> on Mark Cuban and treatment of the media. Right. He, he and I, I you know Tim Mc, Tim McMahon, banned McMahon. I was part of the banned contingent. Way back in the day, because you were a blogger. Yes, remember when you yeah. first when we first started working together. I was doing the Lakers. I do blog remember this for the LA Times, and and I actually got sent on a road trip to, and one of the games was the Mavericks, and this was when Mark Cuban was upset with something Tim McMahon wrote about the team for the Dallas Morning News, and he came up with this transparent BS rationale for not having McMahon in the locker room, which was, I'm, we're not going to credential bloggers because there's too many bloggers and it's hard oh, to know please. who's who. And, and you know, we don't, we don't want to play favorites with other people. It's like, no, not only can you tell who's who, you have an entire media relations department whose job it is to decide who gets this and who doesn't. I happen to be in Dallas. I was allowed to go in the Lakers locker room, but I was not allowed in the Mavericks locker room. And I learned this because I was on a list with the guy in You're on of, the list. Right. So I I wrote an open you letter. You just made the list. I wrote an open letter for the LA Times to Mark Cuban saying in Did he ever respond to no, it? No, he never did. Oh, okay. But saying in so many words you're a liar, dude. Um it is what's interesting too of yeah, like Cuban's most radical idea was he thought that um and I'm sure he would execute this if he if it gained any momentum, but he wondered why you needed two sets of announcers in the arena. Why do you need the Mavericks announcers and the Laker announcers? Why don't we just have the same announcers do all the home games? Then we don't have to travel anybody. So in other words, if you're in Dallas, you would have Billy Mack and Stu do the games, do the Mavericks-Laker game in L.A. going back to Dallas, and then everybody went to Mark. Well, the, these these fan bases have connections with the announcers, right. and we can't do it. I so. mean, what what's the argument for not bringing in the visiting teams? Save money. And you don't you don't have to take up as many seats. He, Cuban wants to ma- maximize his revenue, and that was just part of all that. I mean, What's up, fool? There's better ways to do it. So, did you see the video of Jordan Poole bouncing the ball to a referee and getting teed up for it? Yeah. Like, I sent I sent it to you guys. I don't know if you saw it. It was on Wednesday. It wasn't aggressive. It was just bounced. I don't know bounced. I don't know if he said anything, <laughs> but if he didn't. What else is he supposed to do in that situation? He just bounced a ball to the ref and he got this, teed up. What you have, what you're asking us about right now is. I don't think a small problem, a big problem in the NBA. Michael and I talk about this. I know a lot of these officials. I know Monty McCutcheon, the supervisor of officials. Monty's a great guy. Um, most of these refs, and, and some of them are women too, uh, are great. 
great men and women that do these things. But the propensity, Greg, what you just highlighted, the propensity to call technical fouls on a whim, on a moment's notice, is ridiculous. I've, Andy, I've said it a million times. If I was an official, you would have to, in order for me to give you a T first time, you would have to put your hands on me. You'd have to physically do something to keep me from doing my job. If you did anything else, if you MF'd me, if you invoked my mother, if you questioned my integrity, I would look at you and go, Andy, enough. You do that again, I'm giving you a technical, let's play. Anything that stops the game unnecessarily. Can you imagine being on a play, Andy, in Broadway or in a movie, and we just stop it for no reason? That's what a technical foul is. And these that that guy who called that technical foul on Jordan Poole yep. stopped the game for no reason. Well, I, I mean, don't get it. I, okay, there is a possibility that Jordan Poole had said something in that moment, many things leading up to that moment. There may be more to the story. Like what you were saying before about, you know, okay, knock it off. If you say something again, I'm going to end up teeing you up. Right. Very often, these guys say that multiple times over the course of a game. Not as much as they used to. I'm telling you, because I've talked to some of these refs, and they're under strict orders. Well, I'll give you an example. You guys know who Scotty Barnes is? He's the reigning NBA Rookie of the Year. He plays in Toronto. Toronto. We're going to see him tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Um, Matter of fact, he was was playing against the Clippers last night. Um, But Scotty Barnes, two nights ago, I can't remember where they were, one-point game, final seconds, controversial call. He walks up, Scotty Barnes walks over to Scott Foster and said something along the lines of, uh, you can't call that, man. You're deciding the game. Let the players decide the game. And Scott Foster threw him out. Well, okay, but Scott Foster is his own category. He's right. the he's the new Joey Crawford. But you can't throw a guy out for that. With, I, you know, I, a tie game with sure. a minute to, or but 10 seconds ago. To me, that's not a referee-wide problem. That is a Scott Foster problem. Like, we know about Scott Foster and Chris Paul's history. Yeah. We should not know the history of a ref and a player. Same with, like, like Joey Crawford. Well, we, uh, we had that uh, that bite earlier today yeah. from Fred Van Vliet about Ben Taylor. Dude, I did How he thinks even, it's personal. I had no idea Ben Taylor was a ref in the league until that right. moment. Well, you do now, which yeah. is why Fred's going to get a pretty hefty fine. Yes, he is. What's up, fool? What's up, fool? So our very own Carlos Saisu was invited to shoot the half-court shot mm-hmm. at the South Bay Lakers yesterday, How and he missed it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so it got me thinking, have you guys ever been part of any contest like that, and what was the outcome of it? Um, I have – I'm trying to think. I've never been involved with something that um, make it and you win something, but I have thrown out first pitches – Many, many times really? at minor league and even one major league game. Mason, so what they do when they bring us in is they get a package deal. Mason sings the anthem and I throw out the first pitch. And, what a deal for them. And uh, what a deal for me. <laughs> I just throw the pitch and get the hell out of there. But um, the uh, I have I have sailed a couple of first pitches, not, not completely overhead of the catcher, but definitely not strikes. Right. I don't know. How about you? I, I never have, although this is funny. Mason was on a game show once. He was on... Uh, Sale of the century. He didn't win, but he right. did okay. One of the first times I ever talked with Mace, yeah, I was uh, I was doing something at a Dodger game, I think for ESPN the magazine, and they announced who would be singing the national anthem, 
And it was Steve Mason. I was like, wait, Steve Mason? Steve Mason? <laughs> like, you know, his... Inv- oh, say. Yeah. I was there. And I... Just I, coincidentally. Yeah, just coincidentally. Yeah. Like, I, I I, think I'd maybe spoken to Mace once or twice at that point. Mason has a two-word description that completely accurately depicts every time he sings the national anthem. You know what it is? Respectfully mediocre. I was here for this. Yeah. And this does sound respectably mediocre i will say this for mace i think he's gotten better over the years he's done absolutely no work to improve no no well so. just, just <laughs> pure repetition i think he's gotten slightly i better. think that if i played the last time he sang the anthem the mandy's to the first time he played Ooh, the anthem there would be little I or forgot. no difference actually you know what i just remember the mandy's and i just remembered the uh marquee race I take it back. Mace has gotten worse. <laughs> he's gotten worse. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if he's gotten worse, but he hasn't gotten better. It's no, a, actually, I'm, I'm leaning right, worse. Now, now you're you're going full on board. Yeah. Uh, all right, go ahead, Greg. What's up, fool? All right, so let's do... I'm going to give you a choice. Zion Williamson or haircuts? Haircuts. All right, so I'm getting a haircut on Saturday, and I'm getting kind of tired of this haircut that I have currently right now. Okay. You can see it on YouTube.com slash ESPNLA, but... It doesn't look good, but I've, I've had I've had it for basically forever, and I okay. may have to switch it up a little bit. But okay. really, there is only so much I can do. And Andy, you would understand this when you used to have hair that we're you know, back when I had hair, you could do a lot with it. <laughs> <laughs> good hair. Well, I have, when, I have when you sent me that picture when you were in high school or college or wherever that was, it was, it was after when college. You had the rock star hairstyle, yeah, it was after man. College. Yeah, you were. I mean, uh, just mm-hmm. flowing locks. Yes, I yeah. was. I have short curly hair. There's only so much you can do. But what do you think about when someone wants to change their ha- haircut? M- more power to them. Yeah. Matter of fact, you You've know what? Had, how long have you had that haircut? <laughs> Since I was five. <laughs> <laughs> Picture a five-year-old. No, here I'm going to show you. I'm going to show Andy. I'm going to show Andy. Have some... you never thought about changing it? Well, I was on TV, so you have to have the Charlie McCarthy haircut. You know, the the you look like a ventriloquist dummy because you know everybody on TV constantly is uh, is is questioning. Mostly, it's. Um, it's questioning your uh, if you do anything outlandish. But Greg, I think you could do a lot. I think you could. I mean, I, I you could dye your hair blonde. Oh, I think I'm it would work that. for you. Why not? Let's do a frohawk for a, a pickleball. Yeah, a mo- oh, mohawk for the pickleball yeah. tournament. Yeah, a mohawk or a fauxhawk. Fauxhawk. What's uh, explain the difference, Jorge? So it's not you don't completely go bald in the top. You leave some hair in the top and in the back. It's just the sides that you get cut off. What do you think? I'm down to do it if you're down to do it for the picture. So you don't have any hair right now. Andy, well, right, it's next week. So it'll grow out. I'm going to show you a picture <laughs> a picture of me when I was five, okay? I can't wait. Does my hair look exactly the same or what? <laughs> oh, my God, it does. <laughs> it looks exactly- Oh, my God. <laughs> it does look it's exactly the same. I know. I've had the same haircut wow. since 1968. <laughs> that is the, that's the most parted hair I've ever seen. It'd be in the exactly same a- place it's parted now. Oh, my God. Why is do it- you have that in your phone? Because. In your phone. Uh, in my phone. phone. No, I have a series of these pictures because my mom, there's a picture of me with my mom, same haircut. Wow. That's amazing. They did a story on me on uh, Channel 2. There's there's when I'm 10, five years later, same haircut. Okay? That's amazing. Um, God. Yeah. It's, uh, it, then my hair got a little curly. They're in with my mom and dad when I graduated high school, but still, same haircut. Oh, my God, John. If I've had this. I'm not kidding. I've had the same hair since. That's another shot of me when I was like 10. Right there. It's you, are, you are in a rut. No, no, no. But- <laughs> 
Wow. Uh, what I'm, Greg, you have more options because you have more hair than I do. I have do. more hair, but there's only so much. It's curly, so if I let it go, what it's going to braids, be rose. Yeah, yeah the reason yeah, to right. answer your question, why I have this on my phone, a uh, KCAL needed. I, I they did a story on me when I got the Laker job about, um, what I did as a kid, and I told the story that my mom and dad used to get on me because I didn't sleep even as a kid. And I would put a transistor radio, if you know what that is, look it up, um, under my bed, under my pillow, and I would turn it up loud enough so I could hear Chick do the games, but not so loud that my mom could hear it out in the hallway, and that's how I would fall asleep. And so they said, do you have any pictures around when you used to do that, when you are around that age? So that's why I have that in my phone. Got it, got it. All right, is that it? Is that the last one? It. Yep. Okay. What's uh, up, fool? Uh, all right, so I don't know if you guys have heard. But Bergman and I have have reached, we, we had a summit yesterday, and we've reached a compromise, Andy. Have you heard about this? No. Tomorrow is open line wow. Friday. Bergman has agreed to let me take up to at least one call a segment except for What's Up Fool and Game of Games. This is I get like, to take a call every segment. This is like the radio equivalent of solving the issues in the Middle East. I know. Like, this is that big. And what did it was, I keep playing all these these other radio shows where they get calls and the hosts lose it and I tell him Bergman if he lets me take calls I'll, I'll lose it and that'll be good for the show it turns out one of the guys that lost it now is mad that he lost it we'll explain coming up next Mason in Ireland ESPN LA